You're about to enjoy this replay of the Sons of UCF Live brought to you by Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Today, I want to talk more about Dariga, a company that's revolutionizing the way businesses tackle one of their most critical challenges, finding the right talent. Dariga stands out for the groundbreaking approach to recruitment, which is really more like matchmaking. They also have deep-rooted ties to UCF. Ray Bazzi, their founder, is a UCF alum who actually started the company based on a class project during his MBA program. Also, their commitment to UCF runs deep. 95% of their employees are UCF graduates. Many companies turn to Dariga, and you should too. To find out more, go to nightrecruiting.com. That's night with a K to learn more about Dariga. Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Hello there, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroko, joined by Adam Eaton. Welcome in to Sons of UCF Live. Adam, hello. Hello, Trace. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you all. Happy almost December and happy last day of hurricane season for all you Floridians out there. <laughs> is that today? That is today, yes. <laughs> I didn't realize that one. That's all right. The chill in the air the last few days. I didn't realize we were just at the tail end of that. Oh, goodness. You know, when it, it came to be bye week, I, I was actually, I needed the bye week. Uh, I've been a little thrown off this week. I'm not sure what to make this week with the whiplash of checking uh, to see if there are any portal entries or, uh, and what have you. Uh, it's been a, a bit of a disorienting week, I think, coming off of the uh, yeah. season finale. My biggest fear, so this is uh, the third show I've done this week. My biggest fear during all of them is something is going to break while I'm talking and I won't have the ability. It reminds me of the time... We had Mackenzie Milton on, and he logged off at 8.30 and retired at 8.31. <laughs> it reminds me of that particular period of our time, Trey. So I've got that, I've got that nervous energy, but I know our, our faithful uh, watchers and listeners and viewers out there are going to keep us updated in the chat. Yeah, if there's a uh, top five missed opportunities on <laughs> Sons of UCF Live, the Mackenzie Milton right retirement <laughs> for football, 30 seconds after being on with us. Yeah, we covered a wide range of topics. He might have... Yeah broken and they could have hit send on the instagram it would have been would have been fine little change in the air though as we come on there is one portal entry um former clemson linebacker fred davis a night into the portal we hardly knew him i i had to look well, back I, I spoke with him during a media did. day well here's how well you know him he's actually a cornerback not a cornerback. linebacker cornerback. What I <laughs> so, sorry cornerback cornerback that's how well you know yeah. him, and, and, and maybe <laughs> rightfully so. I did see, so I, I thought I saw him on the participation report at one point in the season. I saw our friend Chris Boyle uh, treat that, tweet that out, and Fred Davis responded that he did not play this season. So uh, he may have not gotten a lot of playing time. Obviously, somebody that we thought had a, a good future at UCF didn't make the field this year and is moving on to, uh, to his next opportunity, which is what we're going to see this time of year around all of college football. If you have been watching already, Buckle up, friends. It is, uh, it's about to get wild, wild west out there. Yeah, which goes to show you, by the way, when you see a name like Clemson, boy, you really do buy into the brand name, don't you? I mean, yeah. I saw that Clemson name. You see a Georgia. You just think that they're going to hit the ground running when they become a UCF Knight. 
Well, you see that and you see the stars, right? You see out of high school is a four-star recruit, right? And and you have to ask yourself, why is a guy leaving a place? Why did a guy not play as much as a four-star recruit? So I think there's some some digging to do there. But I think UCF's in the position, I said this on the podcast this week, Trace, we have to play a little bit of the old baseball money ball, right? We don't have the ability to, to throw the cash that other schools have. So we have to kind of win in the margins and play some money ball. And you got to sometimes take chances on a kid who's at a big name school like that who didn't get a lot of chance and say, hey, maybe he can come in our program and fit. Obviously, for Fred Davis, for whatever reason, it didn't work out for him and for us. You know, he moves on to the portal, the first UCF night in the portal this season. Uh, hopefully the last, but I doubt it. Has it surprised you how quiet it's been on the UCF front? We've seen all sorts of announcements from across the country, uh, kids entering the portal. But again, until this one, it had been quiet for UCF. It has. And I've been trying to figure out why that is, right? I mean, what's the conspiracy theory here? And I've got a couple of options I'll, I'll lay out to you, Trace. Option A, I think if you look at the positions where we have a lot of depth, a lot of decisions have to be made. Running back, for example, wide receiver, for example, right? If you're in that wide receiver room, you may be waiting for a couple other guys to make some decisions maybe before you make a decision, right? So if, if it's about touches for you and you know you're going to lose some starters, maybe you want to see what they do first before you make a move, right? So maybe some guys are kind of waiting for that domino to fall and see what happens, right? And option B, obviously, is guys are out there continuing to find opportunities for, for compensation. You know, perhaps they're going back to UCF and saying, hey, I've got this opportunity. I'm thinking about this. And maybe there's negotiation going on at this point. So it, it has been interesting how quiet it's been. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it doesn't open until the fourth, technically speaking, although a bunch of guys have already committed, which is, which is awkward. Um, but we'll see what that looks like. Uh, the, the challenge, right? You're talking about guys negotiating for greater sums of money and playing one school off another for dollars. Uh, it, it has changed in a very short period of time, uh, the emergence of the transfer portal. By the way, I'm not calling it name, image, and likeness or NIL anymore. It's pay for play. Uh, so okay. to use this uh, moniker NIL is just not appropriate anymore for what it has become. But I got to imagine uh, in these uh, athletics offices across the country, a lot of stress. You're trying to figure out what you can do to keep a guy while keeping an eye on who may be entering and who may be a good addition to your team down the line. Yeah, it's free agency every year now, right? And unlike professional sports where there's a salary cap, you know, you 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 may have to go back to donors and try to get more money and try to say, hey, I can match this offer. I can't match this <laughs> offer. So it's it's a mixture of of the pro game where you have a GM, Gus Malzahn, who's scouting players that he wants for his team, right? You have a you know a, a salary cap guy, SJ Tui, who's trying to figure out how to afford all of them. And and then you have obviously the the donor base that's trying to figure out how we support as well, too. So it certainly is a uh, a new time in college football. Obviously, our first guest is a uh, a longtime coach. I'm curious to get his perspective on on all of this because I'm sure it feels very foreign to him as well. But it's definitely a, a new era of college football. All you can do at this point is embrace it, right? I mean, you can lament it all you want. It's not changing anytime soon. So I think all you can do is embrace it, try to keep your head high. There's going to be good. There's going to be bad. I asked you and Eric on the on the around the kingdom this week, Trace, if you're you're just scripture of 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 the transfer portal. And I think you said frustrated. Um, and I think Elo said disappointed, but there's also an exciting element, right? There's going to be talent that we bring in as well. So you have to take the good with the bad and, and just kind of keep a level head over the next couple of weeks. I would say though, considering the decidedly mixed bag for UCF in the last transfer class, uh, I'm not getting overly excited uh, about these moves until well, I see him. We just, we just talked about a guy that I was excited about a year ago yeah. who uh, didn't make well, much of a contribution to UCF. 
And that's the new age. I mean, now you've, I mean, and not, not a disrespect to coach Malzahn specifically, but that's now Gus Malzahn, the GM, right? I mean, all these college coaches now, would you have the ability to go out and scout all these guys and try to get, grab guys here and there? It's one thing to try to get high school kids. Now you're, you're basically GM trying to fill holes. I need a linebacker. I need a defensive end. I need a kicker. Right. And you're trying to fill holes. Now you've got, you know, college coach, the GM. That's a, that's a whole new hat for some of these guys, especially at that level, at that scope. Of course, this comes amidst uh, what will be early signing day. That's just around the corner. And UCF, because of the victory over Houston in the finale, becomes bowl eligible. So the Knights will need to be preparing for that. And of course, there will be opt-outs, right? No doubt uh, that do not, you know, kids that do not play in the bowl game. So you got to plan for that. It is a very busy time. What was your impression? You got to go uh, with the family to the uh, to the finale uh, i think you described it as a pretty complete game uh, in terms yeah. of ucf and, you know maybe not a whole lot of doubt especially second half there when the ucf uh, extended their lead yeah it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch but i mean ucf did enough when they had to do something to, to get the win when it came time to step up in the second half came down with a nice drive had a nice stand at the goal line there uh, forced Houston to a field goal, came down, scored again, had another stop. I mean, when they had to do something, they did it. Wasn't always pretty. First half was a little bit lackluster at times, but it was a solid victory. I mean, I think once, save for the fact that we're UCF fans and we saw what happened against Baylor, if you take that illogical out of our brains, there was never really a doubt in the second half. The only doubt was, oh my goodness, please don't pull a Baylor, <laughs> right? Outside of that, there was really no doubt. So it was a solid victory. It was a solid way to end the season. Um, you know, it, it was definitely a good performance. I think it was one of John Rice Pumley's best performances, right? 23 to 27, um, ran really well when he had to, wasn't, he wasn't trying to scramble a lot. I mean, he was, he was very selective with that. I thought it was actually really one of his best performances as a night. Again, it's not the, not the stat popping performance you're going to see from games like Temple last year, but I thought it was one of his most complete performances as a UCF night. How many years are we going to say, are they going to pull a Baylor on this one? Or is that just now part of our lexicon? We're just going to reference that game. We're going to fear yeah, every I game think until it just, it's 0-0 zero, zero on the clock. For, for us old heads, I think it's just going to replace pulling an Auburn, right, <laughs> from, from the 1998 season. I, I think that's all that's done is just deleted the Auburn. This generation's uh, Auburn game, yeah. Yes. Uh, let's hear from Coach uh, Gus Malzahn on what it means for the Knights to finish with a win, become bowl eligible. Overall, we're bowl eligible. There's a lot, been a lot of ups and downs this year, but our guys have kept battling. I'm real proud of them for that. Now we have a little momentum. You, know, you go to a bowl, you get the practices, everything with that, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, uh, you know get ready for our bowl. Bowl game we're expecting to learn uh, unless it leaks out sooner on Sunday. Knights mentioned all kinds of places: uh, Tampa, the Cure Bowl in Orlando, Gasparilla Bowl, Mayo Bowl. Uh, First Responders Bowl, it'll all sort itself out. We'll get word uh, no later than Sunday. Big 12 out with its all Big 12 team. Uh, wide receiver Javon Baker, first team. Defensive end Traymond Morris Brash, also first team. Linebacker Jason Johnson, second team. 13 honorable mentions uh, of UCF players. Uh, yeah. RJ Harvey, RJ Harvey would like a word. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look, I, I know there's some really good running backs in the Big 12, but RJ Harvey... I mean, I don't know if they were wearing uh, ski masks and guns, but that, that's a robbery to not have R.J. Harvey in there. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, maybe he will uh, opt into the bowl game and play, uh, you know, a little angry about that. Let's talk about the way the season ended in this bowl situation with uh, former longtime assistant coach uh, for the Knights, Paul Lounsbury. Coach, welcome back into Sons of UCF Live. Thank you, Trace. How you doing, Adam? We're good. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thank doing you guys well, for well. having me on. Let me ask you this question. Night six and six, 
uh, best of the newcomers into the Big 12, and a question bandied about the last couple of days before all this portal nonsense started, was, is this a successful season? Do you do you use the word successful to describe a 6-6 six and six season, uh, one in which the Knights won three of their final four to become bowl eligible, or is there a different term you might use? Well, I think it was uh, it was successful in some ways. I, you know, uh, we ended up second in the conference in rushing, right behind a uh, yard behind West Virginia. We ended up second in total offense uh, behind Oklahoma. Uh, we ended up first in the conference in pass defense, yardage wise. Uh, so there were a lot of good things that maybe were unexpectedly good. Um, we ended up, I think, fifth in scoring offense and fifth in scoring defense, which is okay, you know. But um, disappointingly, we only won three games in the conference. Uh, and I know that everybody on the team and the coaching staff and fan base expected us probably to do better than that. But uh, overall, I think it was success uh, in at least those ways. <laughs> Uh, you will hear fans talk about the the ups and the downs, the learning curve that came with this season is something you hear from coaches. What did you learn about the Knights' first season in the Big 12 to this point pre-bowl? I think um, the, the level of competition each week was a significant increase. Um, and we knew, we expected that, but to actually see it uh, occur, uh, I thought was, was significant. Um, there are good players at every school, really good players. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had, I think that was a, not a surprise, but it was, it was a, had to step up, you know, and that's what we have to do. And, and, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how recruiting goes, because as you all were mentioning the, the portal and all of that, is kind of learn as you go uh, at this point for everybody across the country. And I think our guys are learning, our coaches are learning, and I think that's going to be good. But I think as far as recruiting goes, this first season was acceptable for us. Well, Coach, I've watched exactly zero hours of coaches' tape, so I have no idea how this works. So help educate me for a second. Obviously, guys are in the portal. You have to make quick decisions. You have to watch tape on them. I know we hear all the time like a guy just jumps off the tape and pops off the tape. How much time do coaches have to invest in watching some of these kids? How quickly can you tell that that somebody's good just based on tape? Can of take us in the inner workings of what do you think is going on in the football office right now? Well, they're looking at tape, that's for sure. And it's hard to know. Uh, sometimes how good the competition is that you're seeing them against. And yet uh, sometimes it doesn't matter what the competition is. If a guy is, is good enough, he'll show out regardless of who they're playing. And, and these days the competition is a lot better at all at the FCS level and the FBS level, more, more even than it's been over the years. So um, they're looking at tapes on, on transfer possibilities, trying to, uh, hone in on what they feel like they need to replace and to fill in some gaps that maybe uh, showed up this season. Uh, I think right off the bat uh, at, at linebacker and maybe safety, we, we need to get some help um, and some other places too. But um, I think they're lo really looking hard at those guys and, and they've been looking hard at the, at the high school kids as well. And, and um, 
it's it's easier, I think, now for UCF at the FBS level. They probably don't have as many people that they have to look at as they did when they were at the FCS level because at the FCS level, you don't know if you're going to get some of those guys early enough. You have to watch more tape on more people because you don't know who you're going to get. You still don't know who you're going to get at the FBS level, but you know you're at a, at a different level, and that helps you eliminate some guys that maybe you don't have to look at so hard. Well, Coach, how do you how do you plan for the unknown, right? There, there are a couple of guys on our team that can make decisions, right? I mean, R.J. Harvey, for example, is one. Kobe Hudson's another, right? They could come back. They could leave. They could go to the pro. How do you sort of put your, your board together when you have all these unknowns that you still have to kind of wait in decisions for? Well, I think those discussions have been ongoing with the coaching staff and those particular players. And uh, I think they have an idea. Um, uh, you won't get anybody to say it, but I think they have an idea of what's going to happen with those guys. It's rarely that it's a total surprise when they when they go to the portal. So uh, there, I'm sure there has been some negotiating as far as money, too, to keep our best players. And uh, uh, it's just too – we won't know until, until it's time to know. And, and uh, we'll know a little more in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. And, and uh, after the bowl game's over, we'll know, we'll know a lot more, I think. You're not as immersed in it as you were obviously when you coach, but you're around the team a lot. If you were still coaching, well, what do you think the right blend here is of uh, recruits, high school recruits and kids in from the transfer portal? I, I get the sense coach Malzahn still trying to, figure out what balance that he wants, trying to fill holes where he sees them, but you still want to grow these high school kids into, you know, starters. Certainly. Certainly you want high school kids. If you can get them, that will stay all four years. But the problem you run into is that you develop them for a couple of years, then they transfer out, you know? And uh, so sometimes the transfer portal is, is uh, a way to, to do that. But I think, one of the advantages that UCF has is, is its location and where we are and, and, and the school in general uh, and the city of Orlando. And I think that's an attractive place to a lot of high school players and, and transfer portal players so that uh, unless there's a big discrepancy on money, we've got a good chance of keeping them. One of the questions we get in the mailbag is about criteria for the bowl. Do you want one that's played in your backyard, Orlando or Tampa? You want it against another P5 team. You want an easy slam dunk win, supposedly. What would be your criteria if you were part of a decision-making process at UCF? What would, what would you be looking for in a bowl opponent? Well, I'd hope we would play an FBS team uh, and a Power 5 FBS team or Power 4, whatever you call it now. But uh, <laughs> Minus the Pac-2. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think – Right now, we're just happy to be in a bowl and getting those active practices and getting that reward for the players, too. Uh, certainly, different bowls are better, uh, more payout, better better time for the players and so forth. Um, so that's all part of the consideration. But since you really don't have a whole lot of say in it because it's all done by the TV people, uh, it's, it's hard to know. We have uh, the Big 12 has nine bowl affiliations, not counting the playoffs. And they have nine teams eligible for bowls, but that doesn't mean that they're going to fill their nine commitments with nine Big 12 members. They can switch some of those to make what the TV people feel like is a better game. So I hope it's as as, as high a payout and as most prestigious bowl as possible, but I really don't know what that is right now. 
I heard you say you don't want to go to Shreveport, but (laughs) (laughs) that's what I heard. Well, you may not want to go, but uh, it depends on who you play to. I think that's, it's a lot of fun to play some, some teams maybe haven't played a lot and, uh, and get a feel for, or somebody that has got a big reputation that you can bring down. So uh, I I really don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just proud of the team that they made the bowl and uh, they kept persevering throughout a, a very difficult season. I recognize I'm asking a former offensive line coach this question, so uh, maybe I'm leading the witness here, but which <laughs> position group this season impressed you the most that you think was kind of the strongest for UCF? I think consistently it was the offense. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, set him up there. Uh, there I, I, I do think uh, John Rice played well when he was healthy. Uh, and... Uh, at times, our receivers played extremely well. Uh, I think our secondary, especially at corner, played well. I think our defensive line overall played well. But most consistent, I thought, was the offensive line. But I thought all those other positions played well, too. I thought the defensive line did a remarkable job, too. Coach, what do you say – you've been in this position. What do you say to Colton Boomer? Obviously, he's got a bit of a, a struggle these last couple of games. Um, I'm sure confidence is there. As a coach, I'm sure you've been in the situation. What do you say to a player like that when you sort of see the struggles and you know they're, they're maybe going through something? Well, it all depends on the player. Uh, you know, each, each kid is different the way you motivate them and the way you, you talk to them. I Just knowing Colton the way I do, I know Colton knows that he, he's disappointed himself more than anybody else is disappointed in him. He's disappointed in himself because those block kicks were his fault. They were low kicks. So um, I, I really think he's a great kicker, and I think he's going to do a great job for us, and I, and I think he'll get on top of things mentally and, and handle it well. Uh, it's a tough position to come off the bench every time and, and be the guy, you know, that has to perform at that instant on that play. Uh, there's no, there's no place to hide out there. You're kind of on your own. So I, I think he'll do a great job. I also think Murphy did a good job punting for us this year and I think, and holding, and I think, uh, I hope both of them are back and do it again. Well, coach, what do you, I know it's probably dependent on the player, but what, what do you, I know coach Malzahn was asked in the post game presser about, did you think about making a change at kicker? And he's like, yeah, we thought about it, but we went with boomer. Like what's the, do you want to pull a guy and let him just kind of settle down? Do you keep running him out there risking, you know, additional like concern? Like what's the move there when someone's struggling, do you want to pull him or get, let him try to work out of it? Boy, that's a good question because it's hard to make an answer for that. It's, we have two, two or three other really good kickers on the team and, to pull Boomer might have been more detrimental than keeping him out there. So it's just a difficult decision to make, and it's it's something I think that, that, that Coach Malzahn probably knows those guys better than anybody, and and he has to kind of make a gut decision there. And it, uh, for us looking on, it's it's easy to say one way or the other, but it's it's uh, that's a difficult <laughs> question to answer. It's 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 hard, and again, it depends on the guy. But Colton's been extremely good for us and uh i think it was right to keep him out there and and let him kind of pull through it and uh hopefully he has over multiple shows we've discussed and debated john rice plumley's legacy you see his performance against houston and i keep thinking what could have been had he not gotten injured and boy it might be nice to see him with another season of eligibility how much more he could grow I agree with you, Trace. Uh, he did an excellent job for us. Uh, I thought he was well coached, 
And uh, I thought he, he was a good leader for the team too. And uh, I thought he helped uh, Tim, Timmy too. I, I think um, Tim got better because of John Rice Plumley. So uh, we're going to miss John Rice. I, I wish he had another year too, but uh, we'll have to find somebody. And, and I think it might be Timmy or, or Ryan, whoever's there. I mean, Dylan, uh, whichever one of those guys steps up, or maybe it'll be a new face. I don't know, but um, we'll miss him. RJ Harvey gets left off the all big 12 uh, first team. Seems, seems like a little bit of robbery there. Hard right? to he had a heck of a season. He just continued to churn and build out, you know, build all season long. He deserved to be first team in my opinion. Uh, that's the problem at running back. There are not enough spots for all the good ones. And there are a lot of good ones in this conference. Uh, but how about second team then? Maybe. Yeah. Well, like I said, he should have been, he should have been somewhere. I, th I would have put him on first team, but I'm a little prejudiced, but uh, yeah, he, he deserved better than that. In my opinion. Coach, what do you expect out of the bowl game? I know there's always this new phenomenon now where kids want to opt out and not play. You know, it's again, it's an exhibition game, air quotes. What do you expect out of UCF as you think about this upcoming bowl game? Uh, I expect whoever does show up plays their hearts out. That's the, that's the thing I really expect. And I think they will. I don't think we'll have a lot of guys opting out. Um, I could understand it if it was a first or second round pick, uh, you know, opting out a little bit. It's a little easier to understand because that, that's a lot of signing money. But um, unless unless you're there, uh, I would I would expect them to play. Take us behind the curtain again. How tough a, a time of year is this for coaches, right? I mean, I know coaches – they're, they're losing jobs all over the place. Guys are getting rehired. I'm sure assistant coaches' phones are ringing about other opportunities. How, how tough a time? We talk about the players a lot and the transfer portal. How tough is this time of year right now for coaches with all the different coaching changes going on out there? Well, it's really tough, as you said, uh, with all the coaching changes and then the early signing date and then the transfer portal and watching film on all the high school and transfer portal kids uh, and trying to make a decision on which way you're going to go uh, uh, with a particular player. That's it's a really tough time, and uh, and it's it's really hard on the coaches because they don't get to see their families much, uh, and and until until after the uh, initial signing date anyway. So it's it's a really tough time on the coaches, and and plus they're out uh, a lot of times on the road a little bit too. We'll end on this one. Who's your offensive and defensive MVPs on this year's Knights team? I think uh, co MVPs on offense with John Rice and, and RJ. Uh, and, and I will tell you this too, uh, uh, both the receivers really deserve a lot of accolades too, but I would say John Rice and RJ defensively uh, it's, it's gotta be Morris Brash probably. And, uh, and, and Celestar did a good job too. And all the defensive linemen I thought did a really good job couple of corners really played consistently all year too, but I'd say, I'd say Morris Brash on defense. He said it. Coach Lounsbury weighing in. We appreciate you joining us again this week on Sons of UCF Live. It's always fun for me. Thank you for letting me join you. All right. Thank you, coach. All right, Adam, who you got? Offensive MVP. Would you go co-MVPs there? Um, I mean, I don't think I would. I think I would give it to RJ Harvey. I mean, I think John Rice was important, but he, he didn't get a chance to play a full season. I know not his fault, but I think RJ answered the bell every single time. He was, 
short of the fumble against Baylor, which was a big one. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he was he was certainly the most consistent and the most reliable player. So I, I would go I would go with RJ on that one. And defensive, Trevon Morris Brash. I mean, I think he you know he said it um, in the article. I think it was the first person what I've learned article that UCF Athletics put out. He was intending on leaving after last season and was disappointed in the tape he had there and realized he had a lot of chance to get better. Came back for his his last season this season here. I think he did a nice job of, of resting the passer, tackles for loss. Maybe a fringe NFL guy at some point, but I think he was certainly the, the most consistent guy we had on defense. I was just about to ask you, does he get drafted? No. Who does? Um, Caleb Williams. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any UCF. I mean, maybe one of the, Palue sneaks in a seventh round. I mean, big human beings are hard to find. And if one's walking around with, with, uh, you know, uh, giant face paint and a Polynesian haircut, maybe take a chance on that kind of guy. But I, I maybe, maybe one of those big, big tough guys up front there, but I don't, I don't know if I see anybody now, if, if other people declare that could be a different story, but right now I don't, I don't think the crop that we know about, I don't know if we have anybody drafted. You got a couple of months to figure out who your Jacksonville Jaguar or the, yes, at least I, I, I'm going to go two this year. There's going to be two Jaguars this year. Two. Yeah, there's going to be two Jaguars this year. Uh, big one coming up in the Big 12 championship game. Texas, Oklahoma State. Knights destroyed Oklahoma State. Uh, let's uh, go around the Big 12 with Chuck Allen. Dateline Arlington, Texas, where one day we hope to have the UCF Knights playing for a Big 12 title at AT&T Stadium. Well, hopefully that comes sooner than later. The 2023 Big 12 Championship comes down to a battle between the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Longhorns are hoping to depart the conference with some more hardware before they begin residence in the SEC. Big 12 fans and probably privately the conference brass members themselves would like to send Texas on their way with a big L. Both teams have had a long drought winning the title. Texas last won in 2009, Oklahoma State in 2011. The Cowboys have had success against the Longhorns, winning six of their last eight meetings and will no doubt attempt to ride the legs of star running back Ollie Gordon, who fueled their comeback in the two-overtime win over BYU to make the title game. The Longhorns are favored mostly due to the fact they have more dimensions to their offensive attack as they ride the arm of quarterback Quinn Ewers, and their running game has not missed a beat despite losing Jonathan Brooks to injury with Jaden Blue, true freshman C.J. Baxter stepping in there. Texas also boasts one of the best defenses in the country as they rank atop the conference in that category. Although head coach Steve Sarkeesian is 0-2 against Oklahoma State, I believe the third time is the charm as he breaks through and Texas is crowned the Big 12 champs. With your Big 12 Minutes, I'm Jeff Allen. I'm not going to lie to you for a second there. I thought when he said, uh, uh, send Texas off with a big fat, I didn't know if L was going to be the letter that came out. So I was, uh, I had the dump <laughs> button ready. I was unhinged Jeff Allen. I wasn't ready. <laughs> unhinged. unhinged. Uh, Jeff, I just hope it's a good game. Uh, and this will affect. Will you, will you be polls. watching? Will, will you tune in to watch that game? Yeah. Yeah. That's, is it Friday or Saturday? When is it? Saturday. Uh, Noon spot. Oh, okay. I, I like that better because I'm a glutton for punishment. Plan to be out at the UCF men's basketball game. I thought this was the part of the schedule. You remember all that talk? Every game's in Florida. <laughs> They're playing Stetson. <laughs> they beat them 20 straight years. Uh, Stetson 85, UCF 82. Jalen Sellers, 34 points. All he does is score amongst the uh, the nation's leaders. But now that back home, they got somebody called Lipscomb. 
Uh, and then uh, Jacksonville on Wednesday, uh, Andrew Cherico was out, spoke with Coach Dawkins for the media availability and uh, Coach Dawkins on what this team needs to do now to respond with this weekend game against Lipscomb. Well, it's kind of what you just said right there. You know, the whole thing is we need to regroup and we need to respond. Uh, that's been, you know, my message to our guys. And I think we've taken it to heart. Guys are, you know, focused. They're working like we want them to work. I think they're taking in the information that we're giving them. And uh, that's what we want to see. And uh, we want to see continued improvement. And uh, I see our guys competing every day and, and getting better in that area. I'm going to need Coach Herb Hand to meet one-on-one -on -one with Coach Dawkins and get him into that go-through-a-wall uh, kind of speech. All right? Come on, Coach. You got to pick up the energy there. You want your players to have some more energy. Let's talk to a guy with a good deal of energy. He's Andrew Cherico, covering the Knights for the Sons of UCF, sophomore at UCF, writes for Sidelines UCF, and is part of our team. Andrew, welcome into Sons of UCF Live. How's it going? I'm so happy to be here. How's it We're going? Glad to, glad to have you. Last time we saw you, we threw you in live. You could, you could, couldn't hear us one part. We couldn't hear you, but uh, it's it's good. To, and let me ask you. I got to hit you with a hard hitting question. By the way, Adam, you texted me today. Uh, what do you, what are you guys going to ask? Am I? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to ask. What do I need to know? You need <laughs> I don't to know, know everything. Ask, yeah. Everything. But let me ask this question. You've met RG3 up in the press box. You've gotten to hang out with me. What's the highlight so far of the, of the last couple of weeks for you? Oh, gosh. Uh, um, Hold on. Can, the political, I, can I time political out here? Answer. Did you just ask Andrew Cherico who's more important, you or RG3? <laughs> Is that what just happened? Do I have any ability to dump out of this live shot if the answer is incorrect, or do you control the horizontal and the vertical? <laughs> yeah, sorry about all that. So, I'm sorry, you were saying, uh, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, um, going with the political answer. I would say the entire experience. Just oh, boy. Everybody, oh, get us to go. Got to make uh, things tense at the arena on Saturday at 4 o'clock against Lipscomb. All right, what was your takeaway talking with Coach Dawkins and players? I just, I'm knocking Coach Dawkins there. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a lot of energy there. This still seems like a team reeling from that yeah. loss to Stetson the other day. Well, the team is definitely down on morale right now. Um, they expected to win out pre-conference games. The whole way, except for Miami. Miami was, of course, a tough game. They were down by six at one point to the number 13 ranked Miami in the second half. So that was a team of belief that they can contend with the with the top tier teams in men's basketball. And they're losing games to Stetson, which is shocking. Me, me and Trace were looking at each other like, okay, wow. This is this is, happening? This is, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, I got down on the court and they were, they were playing the free throw battle. I'm like, one of Stetson's free throws have to miss so we can get like a chance, you know, like almost like a fantasy story about how they've been winning all these close games. But yeah, it's 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 bad. It's not a good look, especially this early on in the season. They are supposed to win out completely. They, in the Jacksonville Classic, they only won both of their games by three points. You are expected to win at least those, you're expected to win those games by at least 15 points minimum just to show that, you're the dominant team in the conference that you're expected to be reckoned with. All right, another hard-hitting question. What's the Lipscomb team nickname? Mm. Mm. Who's Lipscomb again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're from Nashville, Tennessee. Lipscomb. Do you know their nickname? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they are the Bisons. 
Andrew. Adam, over to you for the hard question. There any bisons in, ten in Tennessee? <laughs> I don't um, know if there are any bisons in Tennessee. <laughs> we'll get research on that. Yeah, Andrew, obviously Jalen Sellers has done his his part in scoring the basketball, but hasn't had a ton of help from the other guys. Who who do you want to see or who do you think needs to step up and really help support him from the scoring game? There's, there's two guys. Um, I would say one veteran point guard, Darius Johnson. He needs to step up. He was supposed he, – he was reckoned to be – the top guy of this team, especially when CJ went down, he was supposed to be the guy you look at when you need a bucket. But Jalen has completely surpassed him and taken that role. But you still need that effort from Darius Johnson. He is a guy who knows the system. He's been in the system for a couple of years. There is no reason why he should be shooting under 30% from the field. Um, he, facilitates the, he facilitates the court exceptionally well, but he just can't get his shots to fall. And he's having problems with the turnover battle. Another guy who needs to perform – Shamari Allen. He was brought in to score baskets just like Jalen Sellers was. And he simply has not done that at this level yet. And it has been it has been shaky for him to get going. And I feel like when speaking with Coach Dawkins, he said there's a couple guys trying to still trying to find their role. I, I really feel like he was hinting at Shamari Allen because I believe he's averaging six points a game and he is supposed to be at least a 10 plus guy consistently. Um, I would I would like to say a guy that I've been impressed with was Chi Chi Avery um, regarding his eligibility issues and coming in and having some big games, scoring 22 points in a game, um, some big dunks. He seems like one of the other guys on the team who can shot create because other than Jalen, it seems like nobody's scoring. They don't know how to get open. They forgot how to play basketball. <laughs> Wow, there's your. That's why we brought you on tonight. They, yeah, forgot, they forgot how to play basketball. Happens, it, happens to it, all of us. It's just, it's just, it's just because it seems like when Jalen does not have the ball, the offense gets stagnant. There's no off-ball movement. Nobody's getting open. They just said, "Here, take it, get the ball in the basket." And that I really felt like has been going on the past couple games. And that is such a big task for a guy who is brand new to the system, brand new to the team, and he has handled it exceptionally well, being one of the leading scorers in the Big 12 and getting the uh, newcomer of the week, co-newcomer of the week. Andrew, I know you've enjoyed spending time with Trace and going to games and you know asking questions and learning a lot. So uh, I guess let me ask you this. What's the worst piece of advice Trace has given you so far? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the worst piece of advice. Yeah. Let's see if he's politically correct this time. No, uh, I can, I'm going to try to go for more fun. Ends. I would say the worst piece of advice was, oh, God. Teresa's giving me a lot of good advice. That's the political answer. But I'm trying to think of something that's not. You're redeeming yourself. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I would say he did, hasn't given me any bad advice yet, but not advising me to flip the camera the first time. When <laughs> the yeah. That's a problem for me too. So. That's yeah. uh, that one. Cause when we were watching the video, I'm like, Oh, the additional financial sign is backwards. And, yeah. and I don't know if I've had my fair share of mess ups, not sending certain clips here and there, but <laughs> okay. the learning process, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. Okay. All right. Well, it's, you, you know what they say? There's not a lot of uh, bad students. There's bad teachers, Andrew. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Um, <laughs> You asked Coach Dawkins after the Stetson loss about the last shot of the game. Uh, and you're just talking about Jalen Sellers and why he wasn't involved there. Did you accept uh, Coach Dawkins' answer there? Did you did you appreciate what he was saying about no timeouts and, you know, it's not Jalen's job to bring the ball up, so it's Darius. And what did you make of the answer there? 
Absolutely. So going into the basketball specifics of the play, when you play the free throw battle and you have no timeouts, it's coming up, taking the three, missing it, and possibly losing the game, or continue to score the two-pointer, hoping for an and one to tie the game. But it's just back and forth, hoping for Stetson to miss the free throw. The problem I had is that I felt like he waited too long to tell the guys to set up the three. In, in that situation, the ball has to be in Jalen Sarah's hand for the, for the final shot of the game. That's no question about it. He is the guy. He was shooting very efficiently that night as well. And I just don't like the fact that they took so long to get a three because you can't blame him for the fact that when he was coming up the court or Darius Johnson coming up the court with 10 seconds, he had a decent look at it and he took it. It's, it's the right play. But I feel like maybe the possession prior, they should have tried to run up a play for for Jalen or, or Noah play already offset um, to get him the three ball and hopefully tie the game and make it so that Stetson had to win the game in their hands as opposed to playing the free throw battle and having to chuck up a, a bad shot in the final seconds. Boy, and Stetson couldn't miss a free throw. They, they didn't miss anything. It's, um, it's I know It's unfortunate that they couldn't miss a free throw because – had they did, the free throw game would have worked, but it was to a point where it just got unfortunate. I know coach and players keep being asked, it's going to happen at every media availability, about C.J. Walker. Any greater insight on a timetable? We see him now walking, doesn't have the cane, and uh, but that doesn't mean he's basketball ready yet. So they say he's progressing well. Um, also asked about him mentally because, you know, this can be very mentally challenging for anybody going through this process. Say so he's doing well, but as in terms of a timetable, there is no update. They just say he's going through his work. He's rehabbing. He's going at it hard. He's going. He he's been through this process before. Quotes from from Coach Dawkins. He's been through this process before. He knows how to attack it, and that's what he's doing at this current moment right now. No timetable, but we do believe they want him back before the end of the season. I would say he can come back midway through conference play. That's my prediction. Maybe a little bit later, but. I don't think we're seeing him in early January either. Andrew, the beginning part of the season is always weird because I think coaches are trying to figure out their lineups, figure out their rotations. You know, obviously, I think UCF went like 11, 10, 11 deep in the first couple of games. Have you sensed that that Dawkins is starting to now shrink his rotation and kind of get set on his core rotation and, you know, the guys that he's going to kind of count on night in and night out? Absolutely. Um, you get you get to see, like, guys, of course, like Jalen, who's made a significant impact and he's already in the starting lineup. You get to see guys, um, I would say Chi-Chi, him coming in right away, and he's made an impact for himself. Tierno Silla has came in and got himself into the rotation. Coach likes his length, his three-point shooting. He likes tall lineups. Um, Ibrahima Diallo, him and Omar Payne kind of share the same role in the sense where be a tall shot blocker, get in that paint, clog it, do the best you can do defensively. So he's finding the roles for the guys that he wants because you want a certain mix of shooting, facilitating, and defense on the court. The reason why we haven't seen so much of guys like Nils and Monsatis is because while they're great shooters and great offensively, Coach plays a very strong brand of defensive basketball, and he probably does not feel like they're up to that capability yet. So um, he is figuring out the rotation. Of course, CJ going down, that hurts it because he would have been a starter. Or he would have been switched. He would have been playing the similar role to the Omar Payne and the and the Ibrahim Diallo. Who Ibrahim Diallo? I've been very impressive. Two point eight blocks a game, um, coming in and tall guy making yeah. plays happen. 
Yeah, he's he's yeah. a he's a grown man. He, he's he's yeah. a grown man. Um, yeah. Fair or unfair? I think one of the players a lot of UCF fans were keeping an eye on was Taylor Hendricks, right? Uh, he he's played in sports. Tyler. What Tyler Hendricks, him too. What have you? What have you? Um, that's how that's part of the problem here. <laughs> like, what have <laughs> you made of? Himself. What have you made of uh, what you've seen out of him so far this year and the, the limited minutes he's been on the court? He looks like he's still acclimating to the pace. Um, he had the year off last year. He was redshirted. But he looks like he's still acclimating to the pace. Well, we can say this right off the bat. In the least harsh way, he is not his brother. That's that's the first thing to get out of the way. We have to diminish that expectation. Well, I say that, but he can still be a very solid guy in this lineup, especially as he grows into his role in the future years. This year, his role is not going to be what we thought it was, him coming to replace his brother. That is not what UCF fans should expect whatsoever. They should maybe expect that. Well, they, they should never expect what Taylor did, but they should expect him getting developed into a bigger role in the next year or two years. But so far this season, he's he's just going to – he gets a couple minutes here and there in garbage time or when they need some pace on the floor because he is fast. He hustles a lot, and that is very respectable, and coaches love that. So you get those kind of minutes. You get like a good eight minutes out of him a game, but nothing more so far this season. Let's get to know you a little bit before we let you out of here. Sophomore, right? Yes, sir. Psych what are you majoring in? I'm, I've just um, gotten into the journalism program right here at UCF. And what's the dream? What do you hope to do? The dream is to be a professional sports analysis um, analyst, to be a professional play-by-play, -play, to, to just be in the sports field, not to get all emotional and all. But growing up, I love sports. And then when my dreams got cut short of not being able to play sports um, due to me being in a wheelchair, I didn't think that sports would be in my future. But as I grew up, my love for sports never went away and I can't stop talking about it. And while I can't play, I can definitely talk. He can, I sit next to him. I know. He, well, he can, this guy can talk. He talks well, the analysis during the game. Learn, uh, learn from the best. What's Andrew, your you favorite have, teams? Favorite yeah. teams? What do you got? Okay, baseball. Okay. Baseball, New York Mets. No, oh, you came on a live show <laughs> and acknowledged that. Uh, football. New York Jets. Oh, that's as bad as UCF Mike saying New York Giants. And they played each other, right? And that's just terrible. Uh, uh, basketball. Okay. Uh, favorite. I don't have a team. I mean, I guess I have a team, Clippers, because of Russell Westbrook on the team. He's my favorite player. And I follow Any other I love sports that you're, uh, you're, you're huge on? Could you hear that? Could Any other sports that you're particularly um, big on? I wouldn't say I'm huge on it, but when the Rangers – uh, the New York Rangers are in full swing. I, I like to watch some hockey games. Honestly, um, unpopular opinion. I'm not sure if it's actually unpopular, but I do think that going to hockey li live hockey games are some of the best live sporting events just because of the atmosphere, the cold, getting hit in the glass, like seeing the players get hit. It's a great experience. So if I, a I night ever movie. ends up on the Solar Bears, we know who to turn to. Uh, Adam, <laughs> you got any personal questions for uh, Andrew before we let him out of here? Yeah, favorite food, Andrew. What's uh, what's your go-to meal? If you get one meal, what are you what are you having? All right, buffalo chicken wings and French fries, nice. with blue well, cheese on the side and celery. Do you have a he spot? He does not like he does not like cheap pizza. I do he not. Does not like cardboard pizzas. Is that is that, from is that a hot take? You can't blame me. <laughs> it's not a hot take. Do you have a spot for? Are you a Huey's Magoo guy? Are you uh, uh, Chick Fil A? Do you have a spot? I would say I when it, when cooked properly, buffalo wild wings usually. Hits the spot. All right. If you if you took your uh, your phone out right now and just hit play automatically on your music, what song comes up right now? Ah, uh, oh god. Um, what are you listening to? 
He's watching clips of the other day's <laughs> game that he needs to send. I would to say you. I'm either listening to rap music or Latin reggaeton, uh, like Bad Bunny and stuff, or I'm listening to to rap. You know, I'm, I'm young. All right, no, yeah, <laughs> we all are at heart, Andrew. Um, last one for you. What made you choose UCF? How did you end up coming to Orlando and being a knight? Okay, so basically, how the story went is uh, I was visiting my uncle who lives in Windermere for. Um, just for the summer to get a feel. And while we were going by, we passed UCF and he, and I, and he took us around the campus. I'm like, Oh wow, I really like this place. And knowing that I wanted to be, excuse me, in the sports field, I'm like, there's not a lot of great New York teams in New York city as opposed to like upstate New York. So I wanted to continue the sports fan. I wanted to get into an established school or with, with an established UCF, um, with an established athletics department. And UCF fit the criteria because mo- majority of my family actually lives here in Florida as opposed to New York. We were one of the last few. I live with my mom and my dad. We were one of the last few to leave from New York to, to Florida. So, um, And I also wanted to change the scenery. So it's three things, really, family, sports, and scenery because I go outside and I'm like it's palm trees outside. I love it. <laughs> going out in New York and seeing all the dirty things. <laughs> uh, put you on the spot to let you go here. Um, I need you to do a live audition. Repeat after me. It's that time again. It's that time again. All right. So, okay, we're working. We're, we're maybe we why, may be why, auditioning. Why you? Why, why, uh, why, why do you ask, Trace? I don't. Andrew Cherico, you'll see his latest report uh, on the uh, midweek availability uh, dropping soon on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Welcome into Sons of UCF. We appreciate your early season contributions. Look forward to working with you over the course of the season and hope you'll be back with us again to talk basketball. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I look forward to doing this for the rest of the season. And to anybody watching, if you have any basketball questions, you know who to DM. Yeah, give give Andrew a follow on Twitter. I, I have his uh, his handle on there, so make sure you guys all give Andrew a follow for more analysis. Andrew, appreciate you, buddy. All right, thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Take care. All right, thank you, Andrew. I'm politically correct, deft at that. He handled those questions well. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of bullied him. <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I didn't mean. I'm just not. I'm not saying. Uh, here we go again <laughs> with a narrative. Well, I go all anywhere. Right. I mean, time for some news and notes. Yes, you always get me with this stupid clip. I got Tiano Sala forward. Let's go around the kingdom. You know, we're a women's basketball school, uh, Adam. A women's team yeah. off to a 6 0 start. Uh, they swept all three games in the uh, Puerto Rico Classic. Uh, Knights back home Sunday, December 3, 3 o'clock in the arena against Campbell. You know Campbell's nickname? Tigers. Camels. <laughs> I was going to say that. I don't know, but it didn't feel right. Cam- Campbell Camels didn't seem right. Camels. It still doesn't seem right, by the way. Camels uh, and Bison. A lot of where's where's Campbell located? Uh, South Carolina. Oh, wow. Bowie, I believe. I believe in Bowie, South Carolina, or something like that. Uh, volleyball finishes eight straight games Oof. with losses. Uh, no postseason for them. We were talking about uh, the night's success early on in the show, and uh, Eric Lopez and I discussed that amongst many other topics on this week's Around the King. Here's the problem. I agree what you're saying about the boys, how it cancels out, except you blew a 28-point lead at home. Your home opener. That's a game you have to win against a team that was one of the worst teams in the Big 12. You're 7-5 and five there. That's a winning season. I, I 
I just hate the word success, a successful season. I just don't think it is. I'm not saying it's a failure, but this idea that, oh, everybody, everything's hunky-dory and there was columns being written about, hey, it doesn't matter what the win-loss record was. This year was a success because you're in the Big 12. Give me a break. He's never shy. Why was he yelling opinions. at you? <laughs> I didn't realize he was yelling at you that badly. <laughs> is that not bullying me a little bit, yelling at me? Is I think he was yelling at fans, though. He does it a Where lot. are you at? Like you, Trace. Way. Where am I at what? Success? Um, I'm not going to go full success. I had said before the season that I, that 6-6 six and six bowl game was my floor and that, you know, my ceiling, I thought we were probably an eight-win team. So we fell short of where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the conference championship game mix come mid-November. That didn't take place. So I, I think for what this team is and what we could have accomplished – I don't. I don't know that I give this a full successful uh, rating. I think it's a it's a fair season. It's a it's a fine season, but it's not one I'm going to look back on a ten years ago. You know what? That's six and six year. That's just that's just not what I'm going to do. So I mean, it's 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 relative, but I just don't think it's one that I'm going to look back on fondly in three years and talk about all the growth we had in that six and six year. Thank you for checking out Around the Kingdom right now, available on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Early on, I talked about change in the air, you know what, with the portal conversation. Also, for this show, it's mailbag time. It's time. Time for the Sons of UCF mailbag, presented to you by the agenda. Well, hold on. Wait, how did, how did, how did J.P. Gilbert get here? <laughs> what, what happened? How did, how did J.P. Gilbert get here? I, I don't know. I don't know. How did that happen? By the way, does that mean we are co co-signing on the agenda? I've, I've railed against many portions well, of the agenda. I'm not. I'm not worried about the agenda as much as I'm worried about how angry this guy is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that you just <laughs> that you just cut out his mailbag. Unbelievable. Uh, apparently, apparently, there's a miscommunication or a lack of communication between Adam <laughs> and I. I thought I had this J.P. Gilbert thing lined up. I you did. I mean, but. I mean, uh, listen, I've told everybody, Mike, is this is a, the animatronic Hall of Presidents version? <laughs> this is the this is the AI Sports Illustrated version of uh, Brian W. Peterson. Listen, Mike is the HR department around here, the Sons of UCF, which is only fitting. Brian filed an appeal. Uh, he thought that he was being unfairly targeted for his um, his worldwide appearance on the Pegasus podcast. And so Mike thought it would be best that Brian come and address some of the things that are happening here. So, I mean, go ahead, Brian. The floor is yours. I mean, it, it's fitting that we've used the word bully a few times tonight. I feel, I feel like Trace has been bullying me all week long. Uh, Loyalty so, is important, Brian. So I reached out. I, I reached out to Adam and I said, "Look, you know, I've, I've got a couple things I want to get off of my chest about uh, uh, my guest appearance that I uh, I did last on week another before. show. On another show, yes, I not was, I was, on the network." You're right. I was invited to uh, to be a guest on another podcast. But if memory serves me, Trace, and correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe you have been a guest on another podcast. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, is I this going to be so. a roll the tape moment? We're asking. <laughs> I mean, no. does, does being <laughs> on Dudes on the Mall ring a bell, Mr. Trope? <laughs> Huh. <laughs> hmm. I don't think I don't think they're on the network. Um, Dolly, my good friend Dolly Drama, is on quite a few podcasts. Every now and then, he shows up. He's quite a popular individual. Uh, Brian, um, your uh, your co-counsel, um, the esteemed uh, Mario, uh, is also pointing out that uh, it wasn't just an appearance you hosted. No, 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 no. I was a guest. You were just a guest. You were just a guest host. I don't well, know. I was I mean, a guest. I'm not. I'm not. What does my shirt say? 
Does it say Pegasus Podcast on it? Since we're revealing secrets. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, dear. Is it, is it not you, Brian, who said, uh, I haven't really gotten a lot of swag? Uh, I had to attend the FAU game in Boca Raton to achieve this this fine shirt that they were giving out to everybody, mind you. Uh, Don't you have a hat? I do have a hat. I do have a hat. So so hat, shirt, there aren't too many other things. (laughs) I've got these stickers, Brian. Oh, man, plenty of stickers. Send you you some of these, buddy. I have have some of the flyers that Mike would give out and put in the urinals. Yeah, you stole those from the bathroom of the den. That that doesn't count. (laughs) Um, So, again, back back to my defense. Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. When I was approached, the first thing I did was approach you and say, hey. You did. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Do I have do I have the agenda's permission? Yes. To go on, and your your response was yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. You didn't say check with Trace, no. right? No, I stand by. I, I was okay. just taken back by my colleagues' um, uh, concern about brand reputation. And then when our HR manager, uh, UCF Mike, <laughs> heard the tale, he was a little concerned as well. He also may have been drunk. I don't know. Uh, and unfortunately, <laughs> that's when a suspension came about. I, I don't know what I can do here. What I can do, though, Brian, why don't you stay around, Trace, Olive Branch. Why don't we let Brian do the mailbag with us? We've got his music in the background. The J.P. Gilbert, the agenda. All right. I'll, my God, that's we, Brian we'll David Peterson. with J.P. Music. Gilbert if, if Trace agrees to wear some Canaveral blue. Ever. Ah, wow. <laughs> in with JP Gilbert. What should I complain about since I boxed myself in and said if UCF reached a goal this year, I'd be happy with the season? He's got to be complaining about Johnny Dawkins soon, right after this. I don't think so. I think he expected this out of Johnny Dawkins, right? I think the the bar was low there. We're gonna we're gonna get some like FCS like Division two quarterback, and and JP is gonna go off the ledge. That's that's my prediction. I can't wait to see JP in uh, Shreveport. <laughs> that's like seeing mike and lubbock ain't never gonna happen uh at scott m star no question just a hearty thank you guys for covering our beloved alma mater this past season well done thank you scott m star dolly drama mentioned earlier great column by the way thank you uh, brian dolly uh, others uh, for the great work that you've been doing on uh, senseofucf.com another good column from dolly dropping today if you could give the 2023 regular season title or theme brian what would it be Missed opportunity. Virtual insanity. (laughs) Unfulfilling. Unfulfilling. Uh, At the CMAS 14, how would you rank the following accomplishments for the season? They got four uh, that he's uh, given us. Uh, Finishing the best out of the four newcomers to the Big 12. Beating Oklahoma State 45-3. Going 3-1 in the back third of the schedule to become bowl eligible. They were apparently 3-0. I guess I would start with being the best of the other four, right? Because that's that's our peer group. That's the best comparable we have. So I would go there first. Um, I'm going to go with going three and one down the stretch and then beating. I'm I'm not one that I'm going to like hang a banner or I know we're going to get as soon as imagine if Oklahoma State beats Texas, right? How many seconds after that game ends is someone going to tweet that UCF's going to claim a national championship, right? That's coming instantly. So I, I'm going to rule that one out. I'm going to go with being the best of the of the new four. Brian. Yeah, I think you've got to go with the, the best of the new four. I mean, that was the goal all year long, right? So Yeah, I concur. Uh, Brian, this one for you at underscore all night underscore. Do you believe the portal giveth more or taketh away more? 
Ooh, I guess we're going to have to wait and see how this uh, this portal season shakes out. It's uh, everyone's time of the year, and uh, until the names start changing hands, I'm uh, I'm not sure how to approach it. Yeah, at D Miller seventy eight ninety six, is there currently anyone in the portal UCF needs to get, and can UCF afford them? They need a quarterback, right? In the mix, certainly. Yeah, I mean, quarterback obviously, I think is going to be important. I think they need linebackers, right? I mean, we need we need linebackers and we need large human beings that can play on that line of scrimmage on either side. I think those are those are the three areas that you have to target if you're UCF. Yeah, Brian, at Love Not War, portal season heating up. Uh, what would you rank him here? Uh, he ranks him quarterback, linebacker, line. You can never go wrong adding more uh, big bodies along the lines. No, you. Uh, I think the line drives everything, right? That's what they say in big boy football, and uh, you got to have somebody to protect your quarterback. So I, I think you got to go with line first. At big shot, Scott eighty-five. Who's your favorite to be QB one next season? I don't know if that person's on the uh, roster yet. Roster yet, Adam? But you're Coach Lonsbury making a pitch for Timmy. Yeah, I mean, I look. I I think when you're a coach like uh, like Coach Lonsbury, you see the effort a kid puts in. You want to root for him. But I I think that we're gonna bring somebody or at least somebody's in right and i think that one of those individuals probably if you bring someone with some experience i think you know i don't think our qb1 is is currently sitting in orlando right now and m underscore m and ucf if we get a transfer quarterback will our defensive coordinator be one of the worst in football <laughs> brian by the way every question we get from m underscore m and ucf involves the worst uh, defensive coordinator Hey, you know, did you, did you see progress? And I mean, I certainly don't think this is a change coming from Coach Malzahn. He turned it around in that Houston game. The defense was playing a much, much better than they had been earlier in the season. Win three out of their final four. At Riley yep. Carey, 16. If we get Tyler, Sh how do you pronounce this? Show? From Shuck. The portal? Shuck. Shuck. Yes. Shuck. Yes. Uh, from the portal, what grade would you give Gus for getting him? This is uh, injured. Uh, What's he doing? Is he, backing, is, is he a backup? Because I'm good with that. If he's the starter, I mean, he's he's got a ton of injury history. I don't know if he really fits the scheme. Yeah, he's got some rushing yards on his injured resume, quarterbacks. But, that's what we. But he's injured a ton. Are, right? So if he's there to be the backup and like, hey, that's my emergency guy. If my starter goes down, then yeah, sure, I feel great about depth. But if I'm trotting him out week one, uh, then we got problems. Yeah, uh, emptiness for Michael. Uh, preference right now, starting quarterback twenty four. Is the player currently on the roster? Uh, Adam says no. What about you, Brian? I don't think so. I think yeah. Gus goes to the portal. Mm. At Golden Knight underscore the second, if you had to replace one coach, one position coach for the next season, a coordinator, who should it be and why? Mm. Grant Hurd receivers coach. Yeah, you got you got a couple of quality <laughs> wide receivers there this season. How long? How do you evaluate? I have no it's idea. Funny, it's funny. How do you evaluate whether somebody uh, needs to be replaced? But we certainly can say Herb Hand has done a great job uh, throughout this season. Well, again, I think that's something we need to keep in mind. We've talked a lot about the portal, but I mean, it, you know, last year we lost Travis Williams relatively late in the cycle. Coaching changes are going to happen. There's going to be opportunities. And that's the last thing UCF needs is either the Kennys on the defensive line, uh, yeah. Herb Hands, somebody, or Cam Martin at running back coach. These are some really good coaches, um, uh, just to name a few. That's the last thing we need is a, a new staff who's got a lot of money coming in and trying to <coughs> special teams. Coaches. Oof. Oof. Sorry. And lonely wow. be UCF. What's nice. your reckless speculation? This seems like in Adam's lane on why the okay. O line hates Mark Anthony Richards. Investigations <laughs> ongoing, Mario. It's it's a great it's a great question. Anytime that guy breaks past the line of scrimmage, we grab somebody and throw him to the ground. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. Investigation is ongoing. Uh, we even listed the help of the agenda for additional additional insight and resources. Mario, we'll get back to you. 
Brian at UCFXOS. Andy, how long a field goal could each of the Suns make? Could they make any? Uh, Mike's pretty athletic. I'm going to say Mike can make a field goal. No chance. I think so. Come on. If he hasn't had anything to drink that day, sure. No chance. No, it is. I think Mike would kick like Colton Boomer's field goal into the back of the. (laughs) Well, I mean, Adam would have a hurt foot, so he's not going to be be kicking anyway. I have the boot on that thing. So Mike's only wearing sandals or like, hey, dudes. Like, Mike doesn't have the the footwear, I think, available to kick a field goal. I think what. What's the shortest possible distance at the goal line? Like, is that 20 yards? 18, 20, 21? Like, that's that's it. That's it. And maybe I need a stiff wind and God knows what else. At Gold Helmets, number one. You got to like that name, Brian. At Gold I, I, Helmets, I love the number gold. one. Not a question, but I have to admit, kind of excited about the portal season. Where are you at on that? We talked about it on Around the Kingdom. Are you frustrated, excited, exhausted? What's your take on portal season? You asking me or are you asking Adam? I'm asking you. You're asking me. No, I. The portal this, is, this is, is all. Exhausting. This segment's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> this, but no, the, you and Elo talked about it on uh, on the show earlier uh, this week on Around the Kingdom. It's it's. Were you a guest on that? Oh, you weren't time. a guest on that show. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You had another another podcast guest on with you, Elo. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, it's it's exhausting the portal, right? You got to you, you got to follow who's coming in, who's going out, nil. It's a whole thing. I, I look. I, I don't tend to uh, align with all of UCF Mike's life philosophies, but he has one that's actually interesting, which is just tell me who's on the team in August, <laughs> right? And the more the more I think about it, I think he might be right about that. I just tell right me who's on the team in August, and just, I'll I'll wake up then and let me know who we have. Yeah, I think he's right about that. At S T E T L E, we uh, talked about this with Coach Lounsbury. Most important factor for you, Brian: bowl close to home, destination location, easy win, competitive matchup. I'll give you my top two, and I'm a little selfish. I want close to home so I can go to the bowl. I don't think I'm going to Shreveport. Um, and then Any I'm time go of with... year, but especially December around <laughs> the holidays. Uh, especially during the holidays. And uh, easy win. Give me a seven and uh, seven and six season. I'd, I'd rather have a win than a loss. Hmm. Uh, at Todd A. Bryant, uh, Adam, given the possibility of a Mayo Bowl matchup, what's your preference, Mayo or Miracle Whip? I don't think I've ever had. What Miracle is Miracle Whip? Whip? What I don't even, I don't even think it, I, unless I, if I've had it, I don't know I've had it. Is it like not, is it like what's margarine's not butter? Is it kind of like that? I, I, I think they're, yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's the uh, relationship there. Yeah. Mm. At Drew B NYC, do we want to play a USF in a bowl game if given the option or do we pass for another opponent? I, I'm going to take this one, Brian. I, I don't want, here's my thing with USF, <laughs> right? Like to me, this is like, this is like you, you have a girlfriend in college, you guys break up. And you go home and you see her at Thanksgiving, right? You just broke up. You don't you don't go call her when you're back home for that. You give that a year or two before you call her when you're back home for Thanksgiving. We just broke up with the cows. I, yeah, they're here for Thanksgiving, but I don't need to go hang out with them at you know the late night spot. Like we broke up for a reason. Let's stay broken up in a couple of years. Maybe we'll 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 miss each other and we'll come back together. But breakup's too fresh. Go on with yourself. I'll add to that. If we do play South Florida, it'll likely be in the Gasparilla Bowl. And we I'll remind you guys of what happened the last time a Power 5 team from the state of Florida played a group of five team from the state of Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be on the wrong side of that. At Sir underscore Fallen Merck 7, would you rather play 11-1 James Madison or 13-0 Liberty if forced to play either team, if forced to play? Well, James Madison just lost their coach. They today. just lost so, their coach. Yeah, I'm going to take James Madison right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that right now. 
And then this hard-hitting one to end the show from uh, Brian W. Peterson. Uh, 2023 regular season in the books. Early guesses. What does UCF finish the 2024 season with? A better or worse record than 6-6? Six and six? It's too soon. We don't even know who the player is, to Mike's point. We don't know who's on this team. I just know this. I've said this for a while. Studied Gus Malzahn's record. He's good for four losses right off the bat. So... You don't have a lot of wiggle room there if it's going to be seven and five. Seven and five would be good. I'm taking six and six next year. I'm in the same boat as Brian. I also just realized for the first time ever that um, this guy's name is actually Goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> Never knew that. <laughs> Never knew that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's quite the aside. All right, Brian, you feel better? You feel better now? About the, uh, do you feel better? Brain? I feel better. <laughs> Can't we all just get along, Trace? <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see what, what what are your appearances look like for the coming week of shows across the UCF spectrum. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna have any without uh, clearing them with you from now on. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. Uh, Brian, you're a good sport. Thanks for all your contributions all season, especially your uh, your articles. Look forward to reading more of your work. Uh, appreciate your perspective. Uh, good of Coach Lounsbury to join us again this week. Always eager to hop on and talk with us. We appreciate Coach and uh, good. Welcome to Andrew uh, for being a part of the Suns family uh, and being with us on basketball coverage this season. I want to thank you, Adam, as always. Happy birthday, by the way. Drop thank those you. birthday Happy greetings birthday. to the uh, Suns of UCF uh, Twitter channel and direct them to Adam. For Adam, for Brian, I'm Trey Stroko. Go Knights! Charge on. Charge on. I'm John Rice Plumley. Thanks for watching the Suns of UCF. And the baseball well, we see that again. That? Ah, mm. nice pick by you. Could be a relic. I don't... Oh, no. JRP and- Sports Social Podcast Network.